Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? So good. How are you? Doing great. Ready to hang. I'm hanging. I'm tired. It's December. It's the holidays. The, the year is... I feel like this is the, the time when I'm feeling the year is coming together trying to wind down i'm ready to wind down well i'll tell you what though your hair is not ready to wind down what's going on with it it, you look like a true announcer tonight really yeah is it slicked back no it's got this wave it's like anchorman moment Ooh. yeah so you look profesh i'm in a glass case of emotion (laughs) despite the the holiday chaos the hair is holding hair's hanging in you're hanging in for episode 127 of The Long Finish. Thank you to everyone for staying with us all year long. We're doing another episode this week because we got two more episodes to go. To and the it's, year. it's drinking time. It's celebrating time. It's cozying up with the wine time. Last week, or last episode, I should say, we talked about a type of sparkling you can bring to party. Yeah, which we've needed. We have used. We've utilized. This week, we want to talk about a nice red wine that you want to have for your at-home feasts. What to get for to bring to a gathering that you, a dinner party that you really want to drink wine with the people, or you just want to make something, bake something, and stay at home and have something yes. really nice and and treat yourself to like a, a quality wine. It could be a gift. It could. Right now, we are gifting ourselves. We are we closing are. up are. with this delicious bottle of Barolo. So this is the Barovia 2019 Barolo. That's from Piemonte, Italy. This is the Normale. This is their blend of different vineyards. 2019, by all accounts, is an exceptional vintage. And I'll get into that in a minute. But like, this is ready to drink now, ready to enjoy. This is... The holidays to me. This is holiday king of kings wine. So we'll get into that in a minute. Lots to catch up on. Our life has been crazy. Uh, this this nutty since Thanksgiving. Our lives have been bonkers. But it starts with a recap of something we alluded to last episode, which was your piano recital. That's what really kicked off the season. It really did. Now let me set the scene here, Catherine and our. Seven-year-old son are two people out of about nine doing a piano recital. And it's about seven, seven, eight, or nine-year-old kids and two adults. Our friend Rachel also participated in this and a friend of the pod. Did an amazing job. And she just she's really just learning how to play a piano. She's been playing for like a few months. I was attempted, wildly impressed. I agree. Look, she was challenging herself and she could see the challenge kind of sit, resting on her body and face as she was going through it. They were all in, everyone was in awe of what she was doing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I was so in awe. You could just see it the was, work it happening. Was, it, was it was so, yeah. so cool. It was exciting. But let's talk about you. This is you performing maybe for the second time. You did one last year as well. Last year, but last year was on Zoom. Okay. And I was doing a duet with our son. Yeah, so this was step up in class a little here. bit harder because it was in person on a grand piano and in front of people. And I, listen, I played for a few years as a kid, so I had experience doing recitals then, and I hated every minute of it. It was terrifying. 
I just would beat myself up for every mistake and just my hands would be shaking so much. I didn't know how to control them. And this happened the other day too. But you know what? I was just like, now who cares? You know, sometimes when you're a kid, you're like, okay, you know, is Jenna Chavez going to be doing a harder song than me and she's more advanced? And you know, you think you don't, I mean, I don't care about that now. It's like just for the experience. So it's a different thing. You talk about inspirations for the week, which we get to later. You are definitely one of them for me. I know how hard you work at this hobby, this passion of yours at night. So it was really cool to see other people that we knew, parents, etc., listening to you perform. And you did a great job. You're creating. You're creating music. You're creating a moment. And we need more of those in life. So I, kudos I to you. Just, I have to say um, thank you. Thank you for You're acknowledging welcome. that. And maybe the, the highest praise came from our neighbor who said, wow, that actually sounded good over text the other day. It sounded like real chords. Yeah, this is a person we don't see. This is like <laughs> in home improvement when the person's yelling over the fence. They can just hear us playing. So I was like getting accolades from people. a lot. <laughs> music through the walls. What else is going on? It's just bonkers. I'm doing the events, as everyone knows, at Esther's, and I have... Worked so hard. This is supposed to be like a part-time job. Part-time gig. And I, I'm literally putting in 60, 70 hours a week. I'm sending emails and like 2 a.m. I know. To people. You are just... I, I really just wanted to sort of test myself to see how I could do with this job. And it's been a lot of fun. I, it really is a lot of like producing. Producing a TV show, anything else. You're just working with people, you know, connecting with people, which is stuff I love to do. But I'm really tired. I'm tired. We did a lot of events last week. We have a bunch of events this week. Next week, the events start to slow down because kids go, a lot of kids in LA get out of school for the holiday break. So events start to break up, but um, I'll be ready. But I'll tell ready you what, champagne. January is open. So the people that want to book in January, I know you're going to be ready for them. Yeah, reach out to me if you want to have a corporate event or you want to do um, a dry January event. We got plenty of mocktails well, that'd be too. Fun, yeah. Whatever you want to do. I think we will Call do me. that again. Call me. Well, and while you've been doing that, we have, you know, kind of revamped the gift boxes at Esther's this year. I got this fun, like, custom ribbon and new boxes that I think they're just really pretty, prettier than they've ever been. So we're just trying to lean fun. into the idea of, like, this is a place where celebrations happen. Yeah. And so if you got things to celebrate, this is a full on feel like an advertisement for the show. For for Esther's, it's really not, other than to say I've been. It's not. It's just saying. What we've been what consumed we are with doing. the last yeah. month. I mean, I don't, you know, the Hollywood business has been weird this year, obviously, with the strikes. Things should ramp up a little bit in the new year. So we'll see what happens with that uh, and, you know, in my work at Esther's. But it's been fun. It's, it really has been fun. I'm just very tired. And uh, now we get into. And Christmas is coming. Holidays are here. Holidays are There's coming. There's all laundry list of other things to do. Tons of stuff to do. But one thing I don't want to forget is to be able to step back for a moment, celebrate life, celebrate being alive, and do that with a great bottle of wine, which is what we're doing tonight. Even though you and I are tired, it was like, let's have a chance to connect. So let's do that, Catherine. Let's connect with everyone out there listening. Hopefully you are out there enjoying a bottle of Barolo as well. And let's remind everyone about what we're drinking tonight, and let's talk about this bottle of wine. Definitely. So this is the Brovia Barolo 2019. That's from Piemonte, Italy. Barolo, it's one of those names you just you just know, like oh, yeah. Burgundy or Chianti. 
but even more, Barolo, it's, it's got a great name. And it's a name for a wine and it's a name for a region. So Barolo is like champagne. Like you can't have Barolo from anywhere else other than Barolo. But it's synonymous with a grape. Barolo is 100% forever and always Nebbiolo. Nebbiolo can grow in other parts of Italy. Northern Piemonte, other states in Italy, Nebbiolo grows well. But the type of microclimate and the landscape in Barolo has been really special for Nebbiolo. Those just clicked. And when the public finally got behind that, which has been rather recent, actually, it's not really until the 1990s that the Barolo kind of took off with international acclaim. People just couldn't get enough of it. This is a region, it's not like Burgundy. The monks didn't set it up and it's been like this. The Romans, Nebbiolo's really only been around since the 1200s, not that long. And Barolo, babies. it's babies. And Barolo, the, the intense, powerful red wine that's structured with high acid, dry. They only started making dry wine really in the mid 1800s, which is kind of remarkable. But this is just a side note because I think it's really cool. There's a Barolo that GD Vira is producing that's called the Claret JC that's inspired by what Thomas Jefferson said about Barolo. Because in his day, it was a lighter, claret, sweeter style of red wine. And that's what it was. It wasn't until the mid-1800s that they started experimenting and getting to dry, powerful Barolo. And one of the reasons is because... The grape of Nebbiolo, it's one of the first to do bud break, but it has to hang on the vine a really long time to get ripe. So sometimes it was hanging on the vine a really long time into October. So then you're starting fermentation and it's getting colder and colder. So the cold air was actually stopping fermentation before all the sugar had converted to alcohol. So there was still sweetness in the wine. Does that make sense? Yeah. That was the style. Until winemaking changed, that was how things were. But then once it changed, people were like, wow, this is a really powerful wine. And that's what happened in the 1800s. And the barrels became introduced, or not small barrels as we know them, but those big, big hectolitos, those giant barrels. And that's what happened. But what's special, so Barolo, we're in Piemonte, we're in northern Italy. This is in the Lange, uh, not far from Turin. And Barolo itself is about 11 different communes, 11 different villages that are just south of the city of Alba. And Barolo is a DOCG. That's like a very designated appellation. It got this status in 1980. So you see rather recently. And that's just rules and regulations about what can grow and how long you have to age it. In order to produce Barolo, which we're drinking tonight, it's got to be aged minimum three years. That's because Nebbiolo is such a tannic grape. It needs time. Reservas have to age for five years. And some of that's in bottle and some of that is in barrel. You think about Nebbiolo, as I said, it's like one of the first to have bud break. It's one of the last to be picked. It's a really thin skin variety. So despite the fact that it's tannic and has high acid, it always has a little transparency in the glass and it always has that little like 
red brick, like or that slight orangey tint color to it. Especially around the rim. I, I would take the exactly. rim. Exactly. We've had this wine open for an hour and a half, and it's just starting to like come alive now. Yeah, I tried to open it, but I broke the cork, or the cork bro- broke. I don't know if it was my fault or just a faulty, you know, cork, but probably user error. The professional was able to do it. Correct. So it's my fault. That's what. I'll own it. It's my fault. <laughs> In any case, we got it open, and it was fine, like pleasant, but now it's starting to evolve. I think of always Barolo with like those berry notes, cherry and strawberry, especially a young Barolo. But the marker, the trademark people talk about is tar and roses. And most of the time you will get that in a more developed Barolo. That's how time. Since this is a young Barolo, it's just 2019. So we're looking at four years. There is more of that strawberry cherry but there's also a floral note a little balsamic some tobacco but the fruit is very plush and pleasant the tar and roses thing is when it hits right is one of the best noses in all of wine and this is just starting to come out now and you wanted to open it up even earlier but we had kid issues so probably later tonight or maybe even tomorrow I think tomorrow will probably be singing. Yeah. Now, if we're going to open this and have it with a dinner or something, I would open it earlier in the day. And if I knew we were going to drink all of it, I would decant it because then it would be ready earlier and it would be breathing. But we are doing this slowly. And the fun part of doing it slowly and not decanting it is like you really get to see hour by hour how it evolves. And day by day, we'll see what happens Tomorrow morning, maybe not in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> last well, time I yeah, drank, of course. <laughs> last time I had Barolo in the morning was 2014 when we were in Barolo. I was going to bring this trip up because I wanted to know where this was in proximity to some of the other places we visited. Yeah, so this is Brovia. Brovia is in Castiglione Faletto in Barolo, which is kind of central. We stayed in Serralunga d'Alba, which is not far from here. We could see Castiglione Faletto. You can like see it's on a hilltop. You can see the village from where we were staying. And some of the Brovia vineyards are in Serralunga as well, but really close to where we were. Brovia dates back to mid-1800s. It was founded in 1863 by Giancito Brovio. It's as I said, mostly in Castiglione Faletto with a little bit in Serralunga. They've picked over time, acquired some great vineyards, some really good crews, as they call them. Now they're up to 19, a little over 19 hectares, and a little over half of their production is Barolo. They also make Dolcetto, Barbera, Arnese, a little Fraza, and then uh, Langi Nebbiolo also, which is Nebbiolo that's outside the area of Barolo. You know, they had a slow going to begin with, getting their production up, and then a couple of wars and phylloxera and a lot of things. So it was really in nineteen the 1950s when two brothers, Giancito and Raffede, were in charge that they took the winery to really where it is almost today. They passed away in the early 2000s, both of them. And Giancito's daughter, Elena, runs it now with her husband. They're the fourth generation. But Brovia, I've always recognized it because they've always been very traditional, very classic, 
understated. They're never one of the top like crews that people like bang down the door for, but they're always, the wines are always excellent. And they're organic. They're not certified, but they're organic. Everything's done by hand. It's native yeast fermentation and the wines are unfined. They're just, they're not tampered with. They don't feel overly produced. They feel like very authentic Barolos and they're excellent year after year. We have a few of the of the crews that we got this year as well for the 2019. And as I said, 2019 is a great vintage. People say it's a really classic vintage. It's cooler, but there's a lot of power and freshness. So I think it's great to drink something like this, like the Normale. This is from a blend of the different vineyards. Drink this now just to get a taste for what 2019 is, get to know the producer, and then grab a bottle of Valero or one of the other crews and stow that away in the cellar and try that in 10 years. I mean, that's the thing. Barolo can age for decades. We have some 2009, 2010s from our trip. We do. Still in our, our cellar. You talk about Normale. Can you explain that a little bit? Why that's... I guess that's just the name. The Normale is like just Barolo. It's not Barolo of a crew. Gotcha. I have a soft spot in my heart for Barolo because we have had such an amazing trip there with Ted Vance back in 2014. We've talked about it on other podcast episodes, but there's something special about going to a place when you're interested in wine. You actually actually visit the area you can picture it in your head you understand the food it was that trip where i really understood this is going to sound very american probably but like how different the food is in different regions of italy like we started in rome then we went to bologna then we went to barolo and torino and like the food is wildly different every you know and a lot of times americans at least i grew up thinking like it's noodles and pasta you know it's wildly different in the Barolo area and why these wines go well with that. It's it's important to visit those places. If you're really, really passionate about the wine that you like, you should make the opportunity to go see these places. Absolutely. And for people who are into wine and want to know, okay, what what's the landscape like? Oh, it's this hilly area. And what's really special about it is that the fog comes into the area. Nebbiolo, fog comes from that word. And the fog seeps out slowly, slowly during the day. But the hilltops are always get a little bit of sunshine. So it, it, it's got a really special landscape. And you can read about that and you could look at pictures of that. But in order to understand that, you have to be there and stay there and see, oh my gosh, it's foggy in the morning. I can't see anything. Can't see the hill next to me. And then it's creeping out during the day and it's getting warmer and then it's getting really cold at night and you say, oh, I understand. Oh, wine does thrive when it's cold at night and warm during the day. And what is this fog thing and these hillsides and there's limestone here and that creates power and reading about all that stuff versus visiting it, having that experience, soaking it up is so different. I alluded to the food thing earlier. Can we talk about some food pairings? Well, you want to talk about what's special there. Talk about truffles. I mean, this is truffle season. This is the time to get those out. White truffles. I mean, that's a great Barolo pairing. I think, of course, heavier meats. Talk about like short rib and... Arby's. (laughs) They got meat. They have Uh, the meats. Game meat. 
That would be great for us. It's kind of stewy braised meats that you love. That's great for a powerful, bigger Barolo. And then for something that's a little bit fresher style or fruitier style, you can do a charcuterie plate. You can do hard cheeses and that kind of thing. But really, it's those like, I was thinking, I I saw this recipe for a slow cooker short rib. You know, you and I really, we like our our slow cooker a lot. And I thought, oh God, that'd be That'd be it. That'd be perfect. I need that recipe because I do a lot of the slow cooking. And I'll send it to you. Yeah, give it to me. Where can people find this wine? And if they can't find this label, how do you recommend people go out and grab a Barolo? Barovia is a really great producer. And I think you can find this in good small wine shops. But it's limited. They're small producer. There's not a lot of certified or even organic practicing wineries in Barolo. You have to do a lot of asking. There are some. And most are like like these guys are practicing. So ask. Ask for that. And look for smaller producers. I would also look for and ask about traditional producers. The more modern approach uses smaller oak barrels and a lot more quote unquote production in the winemaking that I don't know. It just kind of covers up the natural appeal of Nebbiolo to me. So I'd look for more traditional styles from a practicing organic producer. Tis the season for Barolo. Barolo is probably, you know, it's great all times of year, but cold in our house, not necessarily in Los Angeles, but so drafty in these LA houses. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm wearing a sweatshirt and a wool sweater right now, and it's like a little bit cold, but it feels so good to have this cozy red. It's great. So hopefully you all are going out to your holiday parties with friends, or you're staying at home cooking some slow-cooked meats, enjoying a bottle of Barolo, take the time to open it better than I did tonight. Or just wait. Or just wait. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Hope you're enjoying and drinking some great wine. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. Catherine, you want to go first? I'd love to. Well, Christmas came a little early for me this year. I know I've been waiting, but I got this package in the mail from my dear friend, my BFF, Maura Malloy. She sent me, she created an album from our wedding 10 years ago. She has this incredible business now called Less Is Mora where she's making albums for people. She also has classes on there where she teaches you how to organize your digital media and make your own albums. But if you're like me and you have so many pictures and you don't know what to do with them, you can send them to her and she makes an amazing album. This is, so, you and I never had a wedding album. We paid for a great photographer. The photos were so good. And we had like a thousand. Yeah. So for me, it was just overwhelming. Like this is something I meant to do for years and years and years. Like, oh yeah, one day. But like, I'm just not the person who sits down and does it. But my friend Mora is. And she is so good at curating these pictures and telling the story of whatever this was. I know she's done... She's made albums for artists. She's made albums for people of kids' art. She's made 50th birthday albums. I mean, but this, like, I cried when I opened this. It's like, 
showing this amazing day that we had that we have no memory of in our in our I mean we have no memory. We don't have like a storybook of and our right. kids have gone nuts for it. I don't know. I just can't say anything more good things about Mora and what this incredible service that she's providing. And I am definitely going to go on and get a gift card for, I think, my parents. You know, just send her your photos. She will make an album. And that's Christmas. Does she have a website? She does. It's called Less Is Mora, L-E-S-S-I-S-M-A-U-R-A.com. And I would say, like, getting a gift card would be the way to do it, especially for our parents, you know, who maybe don't <laughs> know how to make a digital photo album or want to. I don't know how to make one. So, you know, I'm still really young, really, really young. So we'll put a picture of that on our Instagram and we'll put the website link in the show notes. That is very cool. I got to be honest with you. We've been married for 10 years. I've never looked at our wedding pictures before. So to have this book in front of me and kind of go through that was a nice stroll down memory lane. So it's it's cool. It's cool to have access to that because most of our, our wedding pictures are on a hard drive. And exactly. Don't, don't go and look at and them. And then who's enjoying them there? So this is very cool. My inspiration, I alluded to it earlier, one is you. So impressed by you playing piano just as a passion and a hobby it's something that i wish i could do i started playing guitar again this year in january and that lasted till about january 27th so i'll have to bring that back in 2024 i've been working on some projects during the strike and um been trying to shoot a proof of concept pilot for this thing i'm going to take out to uh, the market next year and i had an incredibly busy week at esther's and i also decided to shoot something with a great team which i'll bring up later on friday night into the wee hours of the morning and i just that's all to say i'm very inspired by people who are still writing things creating shooting them execution is the great separator in this in this business everyone has ideas the goal is to act on it make it write it shoot it all those things and that leads me to my inspiration of the week which is cord jefferson friend of Catherine and mine who is a prolific and accomplished writer in Hollywood. He's been a part of so many great TV shows the past few years and now has a movie out that will be released. I think now it's in the thick of award season. It's called American Fiction. I think it was the number one movie according to Washington Post of the year. Nominated for some Golden Globes today. Hopefully nominated for an Academy Award. And Court is just an awesome person. Just open, thoughtful, welcoming guy as a human, as a person you can talk to about the business, likes his food and wine. Likes his food and wine, likes Esther's. Just a great person, easy to root for. So if you're out here uh, looking for uh, a movie to see during award season or during the holiday, check out American Fiction, written and directed by Cord Jefferson. So check that out. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 127 of The Long Finish. Episode 127 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, that would mean a lot to us. It'd be a great holiday gift for us to have a couple more reviews. We're back with one more episode, the end of the year finale for The Long Finish. So stay tuned for that coming up next week. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram. And you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Thank you to everyone for listening. Go out there and have a great week. And we'll see you back here for the finale of 2023 episodes of The Long Finish. 
Until then, be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.